0: Come to Revelation again tonight, back to the very same passage of the Word that we read in the meeting this morning. Revelation and going down again to the third chapter. And we read with you the Lord's message to the church at Laodicea. Now, we said a lot of things about the introductory part of this letter in the meeting this morning. And then I talked to you about that verse number 18, where we saw the great, wonderful counselor at work. You remember, I counsel thee to buy of me. there's payment, gold thrown in the fire, and white raiment, there's raiment, that thou mayest be cold, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint, there's ointment. Thine eyes will I solve, that thou mayest see. Now let's read on from there. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. them. Be sinless, therefore, and repent. Now here's the verse. Behold, and I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door,
1: I will come
0: in to him. And will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame, and am sat down with my Father in his throne. And then we have the challenge. He that hath an ear, or are you listening? Well, listen, with eternity's volumes in view. He that doesn't let him hear what the Spirit said unto the church. May the Lord have his blessing to the reading of his own precious word. Amen. There are many, many ways, friends, that we can spend our time beneficially tonight looking at Revelation 3 and twenty. I've never ever conducted a gospel mission that I can remember that I didn't talk about this verse once or maybe twice, because it contains the message of the gospel of Christ in a very, very special way. But I was looking at here just the other day, and I noticed something all over the verse That somehow I had never noticed before. And it is what you might call a revelation of the person of the Lord Jesus, the great Savior of the world, that is contained in the very surface of this verse. Now it's done in a simple and yet in a very remarkable way. It begins the verse by using that very remarkable word, behold. In other words, in the verse, we're not only told to open our heart, but at the very beginning, we are told to open of the Lord draws nigh. Let me illustrate to you what I mean. (laughs) I have a very close friend in the town of Port His name is Charlie. Charlie and I are what you might call mates or buddies. Only there's a mass difference. In this regard, Charlie is an alcoholic. Pray for him. I knew him all in my car to eventually see Charlie brought to the savior. Mm-hmm. How I got to know Charlie at first was interesting. I conducted a gospel mission in an orange hall that was very kindly known to us for purpose. Only down. And the purpose. On the outskirts of Portadown, Charlie had a daughter lived quite close. God was gracious and generous mm-hmm. and saved the girl. She came to know the Savior. It was through that when I got to know her father. That friendship has continued even to this very night. Charlie is a good guy. Sadly, he has this terrible problem. But one day, I was walking up the street in Port And I heard this voice behind me shouting out my name. I knew it was him. But that was a very unusual introduction. Charlie is a quiet man. Sometimes I'll meet him and me. They say, Are we? you yeah, any money? I'd say, Charlie, if I had all the money in the town, I wouldn't give it to you, because you'd only drink it. Mm-hmm. But I'll say, Are you hungry? You say I am. I'll say, come on in and we share a little something together. We have a talk about the safety. He's always on for that. So, anyway, this day he came up behind me and he seemed a bit anxious, you see. And I said, Charlie, are you telling for a cup? Oh, yes. So we went into this little cafe and the two of us ordered up something and we were sitting, talking and discussing things. And I said to my friend Charlie, Listen, you are unusual like that. It's not something you would do. Mm -hmm. you see anxious, concerned, troubled. Why? And he looked at me. He said, Harry, I want to ask you something. What is it? I said, Charlie. He said, when is Jesus Christ coming back? Mm -hmm. That's an alcoholic talk. And I've talked to Charlie many a time about the Lord's return. You see? What somehow this a kindled in his heart. I said, Charlie, I don't know. They quoted in that verse, Of that day and hour knoweth no man, no not the angels of heaven, but my father only. And I said, Charlie, if a man came in here today. And he told me, "I know when Christ is coming." I would have to say, "Sir, you don't," because the Bible says you don't. If an angel came, a Michael, a Gabriel, or some other,
1: and tried to tell us
0: that he knew, I would have to say to him too, "You don't," because it's my Father only. Does that mean the Lord Jesus doesn't know? No, no. Doesn't mean that at all relevant. I'm not going into that in the meetings tonight. That's another issue entirely. But my friends, I said to Charlie, Charlie, why is this bothering you all of a sudden? He said, Honey, I don't think it's so much bothering me as I've come to realize something. Well, I said, you can tell me what it is? Here's something like what he said. He said, you know, the world we're living in today Was never the world that God intended. This was not what the Creator wanted. And He says, I'm wise enough to know that while I grapple with problems, the whole issue is sin. Sin has racked the place. And things are virtually waxing worse and worse, just the way the Bible said they would. Now here's my problem, they say. I know this, Mm -hmm. that there is no other answer to the situation on earth today but the second coming of Christ. Mm This is an alcoholic talk. A man who doesn't know the Mm Savior, And he realizes that the only answer To the mess of the planet today is the Lord's return. And yet God's people live today as if it were a million years away. Hmm. It's very, very rarely in our minds. There's no other answer, said Charlie. Charlie was right. Another friend, he saved. But well, I don't know why there's a story to mind, but I'm sharing it with you anyway. Jimmy is a rare character. as rare a man as I've ever met. You need to know him to know him. You understand? Him. There's some people and you wonder what sort of character they are until you eventually get to know them. But Jimmy is the sort of man that he just talks about everything as he sees it. You see? How did you come here today, Jimmy? Came to the MI, not the M1, the MI. Never go home, will give you a ring in the telephone, not the telephone. Calls it the telephone, you see. I thought I could go with Judaism, you know. Stopped on the road one night with me when I was getting into a place where we were holding a mission, and he said, I'll be back shortly. I'm going down to help a man to get his buffalo off the road and into the field his cattle growing up, buffaloes. You see, that's his jib. Why are you telling me this? I was standing in a DIY shop in Craig Island there one day getting one or two things that I needed for a little job I was doing at home. I was just standing waiting my time to pay. When the next thing, a hand got me like that. And I turned around, there's Jimmy. I said, hello. He said, hello. Without well, another word he looked up. He said, brother, are you getting ready for the lift up? Think of it. Hmm. The dead in Christ shall rise first. The living shall change. We're going to be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Is that a lift off? Of course it is. And it will happen quickly. In a moment. In the twinkling of an eye. And yet the church in the main is asleep today. For to the fact that we're almost there. We need to wake up to that. Jesus is coming again. You see, friend, once he comes and you rise to meet the Lord in the air, the opportunity of service is over. We will never have a chance again. That's why we need to avail ourselves of every God-given opportunity to spread the gospel and to endeavor to bring others to Christ. I better get back to this tonight, right? We will not be out of season. The first thing I notice, leaving out the word "Behold," I'll skip that just now and go on. You have mention made of the feet of Christ. He said, Behold, I stand at the door. The feet of Christ. I think it's amazing to read a thing like that. Who is this Lord Jesus Christ? He is the Almighty God. He is the creator of the universe. He is the sustainer of the universe. Upholding all things by the word of his power. We meet him this morning in Isaiah 9. As the wonderful counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting father. The term meaning the father of eternity. And the Prince of Peace. What a person he is. And yet, the feet of Christ are standing outside the heart's door. Sometimes I take down the Gospels in my reading, but the way men treated him whenever he was here in this world, particularly as he made his way to the cross, Yonder in Gethsemane, they found the hands of Jesus in the garden where he lay. Think of that. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set them free. They didn't. They led him. Imagine the leader being led away to the place called Calvary where they crucified him. My, you can see the, the humility of the Lord Jesus there. But here we have it again. He has actually taken up a position outside the door of the human heart. Behold. He I stand. Isn't that an amazing thing? Um, yeah. Maybe I'm talking to someone in the meeting tonight, and he's been standing outside your heart before. He has not in the past. Seeking key and an insight and uh, an inroad rather into your life. Yet up to this moment, That door remains barred, fast barred, by sin. And you have not opened the door, and you have not let him in. My friends, it's not a mere man that stands there tonight. It's the Lord God Almighty. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. He was his. Shall forever be manual. God with us. God in our likeness made. Oh may we understand that he who made the wandering worlds appears as holy man. It's right to say he came. It's right to say he's coming. But it's also right to say he comes. He's here tonight. And he's standing outside your heart's door again and he wants in imagine the creator pleading with the creature imagine the saviour pleading with the sinner think of all that tonight, my friend in the meeting behold I stand now if you look at those pictures right? I suppose they pretty ordinary as far feet are concerned. For mm-hmm. he went about doing good. Healing all that were oppressed from the devil, for God was with them. But there are needle scars in those feet teaching us this, that he's beat the Calvary, that he has suffered, bled, and died the just one, for we the unjust, that he might bring us to God. What he endured no tongue can tell to save our souls from death and hell. All the agony of crucifixion. Someone has called it the crude invention of a lunatic mind. I think that description is absolutely sound. But you know, friends, just to illustrate this, I remember one day some years back, I was visiting in a the Creek Avenue Hospital, church I was in before I retired from pastoral work, was only half a mile away. And I used to go into the car park and I used to uh, go to the church and walk where you couldn't have got parking space. Nowhere I just walked over to the church or to the hospital. But this was during the time when they were doing massive renovations. And instead of getting in by the normal foyer at the front you have to go through accidents and emergency. I walked through. Went to the hospital bedside of the person that I was visiting. I'm on my way out. He was a man, a man away from Utah and Hamilton, a man that I knew well. A man was one of my closest, was one of my closest friends. I sat down beside him. I said, "James, what on earth is wrong with you?" His foot was up to a chair, and there were towels round it. And the blood was dripping onto the floor. He was a fireman. And I said, Jimmy, what in the world is wrong What have you done? Ah, oh, he said, Harvey, listen. I was out in the stockyard, and I was lifting deals with a pitchfork. And he said, I left the pitchfork down against the wall. And he says, I didn't notice that the pitchfork had tumbled. And I walked back, and I stepped right in the toe of it, full weight. And he said, the toe of that pitchfork went right up through my foot. And he said, no matter what they tried to do, they couldn't get it out. The pain was so terrible. So he said, my son, he took a hacksaw, and he sewed the toe of the, not the toe, sorry, the the, 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 the toe of the hacksaw of the (coughs) pitchfork. Boy, that's it. Thank you, brother, very much indeed. That's all the age for you. Get to forget that. <laughs> but anyway, they, they, they brought me down here. And he said, I'm waiting to get this out. And they've had to freeze my foot. And I'll tell you something, friends. I question very much if I've ever seen anyone suffer pain like it. It was horrific and horrendous. But you know... It took my mind away to Calvary Mm -hmm. and to the kneeling of the feet of Jesus to the cross. Wounded for our transgressions, bruised Mm -hmm. for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed. My friend, sin is nothing to be proud of. Mm. Nothing at all. Let me tell you, he took my sin and my sorrow and he made them as very old. Talked a little about that this morning, how he removed them from the east to the west. Yeah. He bore the burden to Calvary yeah. and they suffered and he died alone. You know, friend, if you're not saved tonight, if you're not a Christian, we cannot guarantee you tomorrow, because God doesn't. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Tomorrow's sun may never rise to bless thy long the of sight. But here's something I want you to think about. If you go out into eternity, friend, with a lifetime of your own personal sin to answer for. Let me put something before you. And it's this. The seriousness of sin. <clears throat> it only took one sin to dig hell and down the devil. Can I repeat that? It only took one sin to dig hell and damn the devil. What will a lifetime of them do mm. if you enter eternity without Christ? Yeah. My friend, you need to move urgently to Calvary. You need to move tonight for the coming of the Lord. No, the Lord's The feet of Christ are there. But mm. you move on? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The hands of Christ are there, too. can you see how this person is revealed? But well, if you look at those hands, they too are kneel God. <clears throat> for they too were kneeled to the cross. I love the old chorus as we used to sing. Wounded for me. Wounded for me. There on the cross, he was wounded for me, gone my transgressions, and now I go free. All because Jesus was wounded for me. Standing at your heart's door, are you listening? Mm-hmm. He's knocking, knocking, knocking. He wants to give an mm-hmm. end. many years ago? You pardon another personal illustration of this, but these are experiences, and I like to use them. I was conducting a mission outside Grand in the farmyard of a man that I knew well. He's now in glory, Him and his wife and daughter, all gone to heaven long ago. His called the Ram. I don't know whether Desi ever knew it or not. I was these people were members of the church in Kalinshi, that's where they attended. But anyway,
1: there was a lady in the area who was
0: a worker, a nurse. One of these ladies, who went to the home, the nurses, district nurse, is the word I'm looking for. And she was a great Christian. And she had a great principle, it was this. She loved the gospel. She was enjoying the mission. But she wouldn't come without bringing an unsafe person with her. And she always ended up with a car wounding Because she brought her patients in. That's what she did. But there's a dear old lady, and I can see her here, Very respectable woman. Her name was Mrs. Beatty. I don't know her actual age, but she was over 90. And she was attending. And at that age, she still wasn't saved because we got a one night. I was sitting in the home of this couple, David and Ida, in the foreground. Mrs. Beaton, she wants to know if I was there. They told her, Yes, she's here. I said, Do you think he could come around and see me? Now this was pretty late on. I was getting near midnight because I was out staying with this couple in their house. <clears throat> and uh, I said, do you know where she lives? He said, do. He said, I'll take you. And I will sit outside, wait till you come out of here. So I went to the house. Knocked the doors. She opened the door and brought me in. And I said, sat down for a few moments. I said, Mrs. Beady, you sound will to be in trouble. Oh, she said, I am. She said, there's something happening to me and I can't understand it. I said, what is it? She said, every time I go to bed, I can't sleep. All I can hear is To gain an entry into your life, I said, You need to respond to this. You need to do something about it. She looked at me and she said, Is this the Lord Jesus that died on the cross? I said, And I read this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And she looked at me and she said, This. If this is Christ who came into the world to save me, she said, there's a thousand welcomes in my heart for him. I said, Good. <laughs> you know, we are knelt together at Rose Giga. And I had the joy of meeting her to the Savior. And she told me the next day on the home, She said, the best night's sleep I've ever had in my life. <laughs> He there's no more something or nothing. He said, the Lord is not in my heart. It was not generous of God, wasn't
1: it? Yeah. To do something like
0: that. we mm-hmm. always do that with everybody. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because you're here tonight, and you're very other. And you know he's nothing. You. And you're troubled. And you know he's been here before he wants to gain an But look, friend <clears throat> that door, Paul and Hunt was a great artist and he painted a picture entitled, if memory serves me correctly, the Life of the world and the picture is like this it's a great door you see and it's all briars and thorns and stuff, rounded everywhere and the Lord Jesus is standing outside that door with a lantern in his hand. And he's getting hold of the knocker and he's knocking, it, knocking, it, knocking. It. And he showed this picture to a friend. And the friend looked at him and he said something like this. He said, you know, that's an excellent piece of work. And so it was. You can find that in books, even today, he copies of it, The Light of the World. But he said, You've made one terrible mistake. He said, What is it? He says, There's no handle in your door. Mm-hmm. Not at all. looked at him and he said, My friend, that's no mistake, that's deliver it. He said, This is Christ, the Savior of the world, it's nothing. The handle is on the inside. Mm-hmm. There's none on the outside. And I'll tell you something tonight, friend. The Lord Jesus Christ is earth's perfect gentleman. He will push himself on door He'll only come in if you open the door and let him in. Like old Mrs. Beatty, he can't come in with a thousand welcomes. He can this something? That'd be very personal. You, you ever open the door and let him in? You ever done that? Now look, if he's not allowed into your heart, then you'll not be allowed into his heaven. That's how it is. As I told you this morning, I think it was about the word repent. Nobody's going to heaven bringing a message of the sin with you. You've got to get that forgiven. And by this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sin. Jesus wants to come into your heart tonight and take your black heart. He washes it in the precious blood shed of Calvary, And that will heart will emerge whiter than the driven snow. What can wash away my stain? Nothing. But the blood of Jesus. Friend, I could be talking to someone here tonight. I don't know. And you could be staring at this minute into a sin cloud as dark, dark, dark as the midnight of hell. Maybe taking sleep from your eyes. Look, you can settle that tonight by opening the door and letting Jesus. So maybe step to Jesus. Why oh, don't it? My hands almost away. You can see the feet of Christ there, the hands of Christ. The next thing is the voice of Christ. If any man hear my voice, you open the door. You can trail on through the verse, there's so many things. What about his voice? Today, if you hear his voice, harden all your heart. So it's not hard, we'll get harder, and harden harder hard as the days go by, until you'll hear his voice no more. Mm-hmm. until he can finally turn away, despondent and rejected by you again, you will see him Eternal really Okay? He is talking to you. What's he saying to you? You know, sometimes we get accused of becoming a little bit sentimental. He's saying to you tonight, I love you. Listen to that. He's really saying that to you tonight. I Love you. I love you. I have seen the Lord Jesus wrap his arms around people. The earth had passed out. And he, took he took them right in, brought mm-hmm. them into the fall and found them gone. What a wonderful thing. I love I'm dying for it. I'm dying for it. I was a patient in the city hospital in Belfast many years ago. And in the ward next to me there was a lady. I got very friendly. with her just going back and forth past the door. She was very ill. she's got a little better. I went in and sat down in a chair one day. I said, I said, "You've had a rough time." She said, "How?" <laughs> then she told me the story. She said, "My son needed a kidney, and he wasn't going to live if he didn't get it." We couldn't find a match. We discovered I had one. And she said, I loved my son so much that I was willing to give my kidney forward. She said, in the theater, things went badly wrong. And I almost lost my life. But she said, I'll tell you, I was prepared to do that in order that my son might live. The Lord Jesus Christ didn't almost lose his life for you friend. He laid it down willingly yonder on the cross. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for us. My friend, if you forget everything I say tonight, please remember this. Here is the center and the circumference of the gospel. I'm a guilty sinner, but Jesus died for me. That's the gospel. Mm -hmm. I'm a guilty sinner, but Jesus died for me. As far as I can go on that verse tonight, we'll leave it there. I think God is talking about a time I'm sure he's speaking. If someone has anything to my friend, I don't know who you are or where you are, but if we can help you at the end of the meeting, don't go away. Stay and talk to us. If you know someone in a desi here or a brother here at the front or someone else in the meeting you would rather speak to rather the a stranger, I don't mind at all. If you need help, you get it. Come on. we're here, we're your servants. we're not for Christ's sake. Thank you for us to